0: Welcome to Dreamful Podcast, bedtime stories for slumber. I would like to start off this episode by thanking our newest Patreon supporters, Angela Lambert, Jared Moore, and Eden Eglin. Thank you all so much and I hope you have the sweetest of dreams. If you find value in Dreamful and would also like to contribute to the show, please visit dreamfulstories.com where you can find info about the show, and on the support page, there's a link to become a Patreon subscriber. Patreon members get access to bonus episodes and perks like voting on future episodes, holographic stickers, and handwritten cards from me to you. Another way you can support Dreamful is by leaving a 5-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. This really helps other listeners find us. Relationships take work, especially the most important one you can have in your life, your relationship with yourself. So this month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that you matter just as much as everyone else does. And therapy is a great way to make sure you show up for yourself. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy and Dreamful Bedtime Stories listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com dreamful. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P. Dot com slash This story was recommended by one of our longtime listeners, Zeke Hoyman. It's such a fun and whimsical little fairy tale that I can't believe I haven't read it until now. Thank you, Zeke, for sharing the lesser-known Grimm's fairy tale, The Nose Tree. So, snuggle up in your blankets and have sweet dreams. soldiers who after having fought hard in the wars set out on their road home begging their way as they went. They had journeyed on a long way sick at heart with their bad luck at thus being turned loose on the world in their old days. One evening they reached deep, gloomy wood, through which lay their road. Night came fast upon them, and they found that they must, however unwillingly, sleep in the wood. So, to make all as safe as they could, it was agreed that two should lie down and sleep, while a third sat up and watched, lest wild beasts should break in. When he was tired, he was to wake one of the others and sleep in his turn, and so on with a third, so as to share the work fairly upon them. The two who were to rest first soon lay down and fell fast asleep and the other made himself a good fire under the trees and sat down by its side to keep watch. He had not sat long before, all of a sudden, up came a little dwarf in a red jacket. Who is there? he said. A friend, said the soldier. What sort of a friend? An old broken soldier, said the other, with his two comrades, who have nothing left to live on. Come, sit down and warm yourself. Well, my worthy fellow, said the little man, I will do what I can for you. Take this and show it to your comrades in the morning. So he took out an old cloak and gave it to the soldier, telling him that whenever he put it over his shoulders, anything that he wished for would be done for him. Then the little man made him a bow and walked away. The second soldier's turn to watch soon came and the first laid him down to sleep. But the second man had not sat by himself long before up came the dwarf in the red jacket again. The soldier treated him in as friendly a way as his comrade had done, and the little man gave him a purse, which he told him would always be full of gold. Let him draw as much as he would out of it. Then the third soldier's turn to watch came, and he also had a little red jacket for his guest, who gave him a wonderful horn that drew crowds around it whenever it was played and made everyone forget his business to come and dance to its beautiful music. In the morning, he each told his story and show the gift he had gotten from the dwarf. And as they all liked each other very much and were old friends, they agreed to travel together to see the world and, for a while, only to make use of the wonderful purse. And thus they spent their time very joyously, till at last they began to be tired of this roving life and thought they should like to have a home of their own. So the first soldier put his old cloak on and wished for a fine castle. In a moment it stood before their eyes. Fine gardens and green lawns spread round it, and flocks of sheep and goats and herds of oxen were grazing about And out of the gate came a grand coach with three dapple gray horses to meet them and bring them home. All this was very well for a time, but they found it would not do to stay at home always. So they got together all the rich clothes and jewels and money and set out on a journey to see a neighboring king. Now this king had an only daughter, and as he saw the three soldiers traveling in such grand style, he took them for king's sons and so gave them a kind welcome. One day, as the second soldier was walking with the princess, She saw that he had the wonderful purse in his hand. Then she asked him what it was, and he was foolish enough to tell her. Though indeed, it did not much signify what he said, for she was a fairy, and knew all the wonderful things that the three soldiers brought. This princess was very cunning and artful, So she set to work and made a purse, so like the soldiers, that no one would know one from the other. And then she asked him to come and see her, and made him drink some wine that she had gotten ready for him, and which soon made him fall fast asleep. Then she felt in his pocket and took away the wonderful purse and left the one she had made in its place. The next morning, the soldiers set out home, and soon after, they reached their castle. Happening to want some money, they went to their purse for it and found something indeed in it. But to their great sorrow, when they had emptied it, None came in the place of what they took. Then the cheat was soon found out, for the second soldier knew where he had been and how he had told the story to the princess, and he guessed that she had played him a trick. Alas, he cried, what shall we do? Oh, said the first soldier, let no gray hairs grow for this mishap. I will soon get the purse back. So he threw his cloak across his shoulders and wished himself in the princess's chamber. There he found her sitting alone, telling up her gold that fell around her in a shower from the wonderful purse, but the soldier stood looking at her too long. For she turned round and the moment she saw him she started up and cried out with all her force, so that the whole court came running in and tried to seize on him. The poor soldier now began to be so dreadfully frightened in his turn, and thought it was high time to make the best of his way off. So, without thinking of the ready way of traveling that his cloak gave him, he ran to the window, opened it, and jumped out. And unluckily, in his haste, his cloak caught and was left hanging to the great joy of the princess who knew its worth. The soldier made the best of his way home to his comrades on foot but the third soldier told him to keep up his heart and took his horn and blew a merry tune At the first blast, a countless troop of foot and horse come rushing to their aid, and they set out to make war against their enemy. Then the king's palace was besieged, and he was told that he must give up the purse and cloak, or that not one stone should be left upon another. The king went into his daughter's chamber and talked with her. But she said, Let me try first if I cannot beat them some way or another. So she thought of a cunning scheme to overreach them. And dressing herself as a poor girl with a basket on her arm, she set out by night with her maid and went into the enemy's camp as if she wanted to sell trinkets. In the morning she began to ramble about, singing ballads so beautifully that all the tents were left empty, and the soldiers ran out in crowds and thought of nothing but hearing her sing. Amongst the rest came a soldier to whom the horn belonged And as soon as she saw him, she winked to her maid, who slipped through the crowd and went into his tent where it hung, and stole it away. This done, they both got safely back to the palace. The besieging army went away. The three wonderful gifts were all left in the hands of the princess and the three soldiers were as penniless and forlorn as when the little dwarf found them in the wood. The soldiers began to think, what now was to be done? Alas, said the second soldier, who had had the purse, we had better part. We cannot live together. Let each seek his bread as well as he can. So he turned to the right, and the other two went to the left, for they said they would rather travel together. Then on the second soldier strayed, till he came to a wood, and he walked on a long time, till evening began to fall, when he sat down tired beneath a tree and soon fell asleep. Morning dawned, and he was greatly delighted at opening his eyes to see that the tree was laden with the most beautiful apples. He was hungry enough, so he soon plucked and ate, first one then a second, then a third apple. A strange feeling came over his nose. When he put the apple to his mouth, something was in the way. He felt it. It was his nose that grew and grew, till it hung down to his chest. It did not stop there, still it grew and grew. Heavens, he thought, when will it be done growing? And well, might he ask, for by this time it reached the ground as he sat on the grass. And thus it kept creeping on, till he could not bear its weight or raise himself up and it seemed as if it would never end, for already it stretched its enormous length all through the wood, over hill and dale. In the meantime, his comrades were journeying on, till all of a sudden one of them stumbled against something. What can that be? said the other. So they traced it up, till at last they found their poor comrade lying stretched along under the apple tree. They tried to carry him, but in vain, they caught a donkey that was passing and raised him upon its back, but it was soon tired of carrying such a load, so they sat down in despair when before long came their old friend, the dwarf, with the red jacket. Why, how now, friend, said he, laughing. Well, I must find a cure for you, I see. So he told them to gather a pear from another tree that grew close by, and the nose would come right again. No time was lost, and the nose was soon brought to its proper size. I will do something more for you yet, said the dwarf. Take some of those pears and apples with you. Whoever eats one of the apples will have his nose grow just like yours. But if you give him a pear, all will come right again. Go to the princess and get her to eat some of your apples, and you will get what you want from her. They thanked their old friend very heartily for all his kindness, and it was agreed that the soldier who had already tried the power of the apple should undertake the task. So he dressed himself up as a gardener's boy and went to the king's palace and said he had apples to sell, so fine and so beautiful as were never seen before. Everyone that saw them was delighted and wanted to taste, but he said they were only for the princess and she soon sent her maid to buy his stock. They were so ripe and rosy that she soon began eating and had not eaten above a dozen before she too began to wonder what ailed her nose. For it grew and grew down to the ground, out of the window and over the garden and away. The king made known to all his kingdom that whoever would heal her of this dreadful disease shall be richly rewarded. Many tried, but the princess got no relief. And now the old soldier dressed himself up as a doctor and said he could cure her. So the doctor chopped up very little of the pear and gave it to her and said he was sure that it would do some good and he would call her the next day. Next day came and the nose was sure to be a little smaller. Then he thought to himself, I must frighten this cunning princess a little more before I shall get what I want from her. So he gave her another dose of the apple and said he would call in the morning. The morning came and the nose was ten times as bad as before. My good lady, said the doctor, something works against my medicine and is too strong for it. "'but I know by the force of my art what it is. "'You have stolen goods about you, I am sure. "'And if you do not give them back, "'I can do nothing for you.' "'But the princess denied very stoutly "'that she had anything of the kind. "'Very well,' said the doctor. "'Then he went to the king.' and told him how the matter stood. Daughter, said the king, send back the cloak, the purse, and the horn that you stole from the right owners. Then she ordered her maid to fetch all three and gave them to the doctor and begged him to give them back to the soldiers. In the moment he had them safe, he gave her a whole pair to eat, and the nose came right. And as for the doctor, he put on his cloak, wished the king and all his court a good day, and was soon with his two brothers, who lived from that time happily at home in their palace except when they took an airing to see the world in their coach with the three dapple gray horses.